Welcome to Wild on Health, your weekly holistic prescription for living healthy naturally. Lifespan. That's simply the time you'll clock on the planet. Healthspan, however, is the time you'll spend living your life in optimal mental and physical health. Join me on Seeking Healthspan, a podcast loaded with sensible recommendations and tips intended to put quality years on your life. We have a really great guest lined up for later on in the show. Dr. Charles Brenner is the world's leading health expert on NAD metabolism. Dr. Brenner is known for discovering the nicotinamide riboside pathway that leads to this special NAD molecule. You'll learn really soon why knowing about NAD could help put healthy years on your life. So today, our focus is managing cellular aging. You know, regenerative potential is tremendous. Tissues like your nerve cells, liver, heart, your bones, lungs, intestines, and of course, even your skin all regenerate. In fact, your body's default mode for the 30 trillion highly dynamic cells that make you who you are is that of regeneration, not degeneration. That's good news. Your body at 50, 60, or even 70 years, your chronological age, could have a biological age that's much older or younger than the calendar dictates. And while it can't stop chronological age, you can in fact slow down, maybe even reverse your body's biological age. This extends your longevity, and even more importantly, your health span, or the number of years you'll spend in good health. There are many factors that play a role in the aging process. Psychosocial, dietary, environment, genetic predispositions, and lifestyle factors all contribute to your biological age and resultant health span. So what's trending in health span? Well, turns out that biological age can be estimated via epigenetic clocks. That's right. We've got clocks in our genes. An epigenetic clock is a biochemical test that can be used to measure age. This test is based on DNA methylation levels. This is measuring the accumulation of methyl groups to one's DNA molecules. Gets very technical, but quite accurate. This has been directly linked to longevity. DNA methylation is a biological process by which methyl groups are added to the DNA molecule. So stick with me here. Methylation can change the activity of a DNA segment without changing the sequence. Aging is strongly correlated with changes in DNA methylation. It is also extremely important to optimize a blood biomarker called hemoglobin A1C. This test, you can ask your doctor for this annually, Typically, diabetics get tested for this to understand where their blood sugar levels are, but the average person can test for this. This test shows the bigger picture of a weighted average blood sugar level over the past three or four months. This simple test is a powerful measure of elevated long-term blood sugar and glycation levels, which scientists believe may be intimately involved in accelerated aging. And while the American Diabetic Association recommends keeping hemoglobin A1C levels below 7%, those that seek aggressive disease protection should strive to maintain hemoglobin A1C levels at near or even less than 5%. Turns out intermittent and periodic fasting are emerging as safe strategies to affect longevity and health span by acting 
on cellular aging and disease risk factors and also causing no side effects. Turns out intermittent fasting lasting between 12 and 48 hours and repeated every one or even to seven days a week and periodic fasting lasting between two and seven days and that repeated once per month. All of this has the potential to reduce this A1C, this glycosylated hemoglobin, and add years to your life. And if you're not already familiar with intermittent or periodic fasting, it's helpful to understand calories in, calories out, and what your body needs to sustain itself. Basal metabolic rate is the number of calories your body needs to accomplish its most basic life-sustaining functions on the daily. And basal metabolic rate is produced through a basal metabolic rate formula that you can find online, which is very different for men than for women, because we're made differently. And also it considers height, weight, and even age. And once you understand your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, I want you to consider multiplying it by 0.9, and this would potentially be the optimal amount of calories in basic uh, concept of calorie deficit of about 10% in your diet. And it's important to note that if you're exercising at any given point in the day, you're going to want to need to calculate the approximate number of calories burned during the exercise and then add that to your daily calories needed. Keep this in mind, each gram of protein contributes four calories to the caloric total. Each gram of carbohydrate contributes four calories, and each gram of fat contributes nine calories. This is actually known as the 449 rule. It's really important to note that when you're limiting calories, you want to choose to reduce calories from carbohydrates in your diet and not so much protein or fat. Calorie restriction and intermittent fasting has been shown to support healthy aging. This is the bottom line. While conducting studies on the impact of calorie restriction in overweight adults, turns out researchers discovered that limiting calories enhanced energy production and lowered the risk of chronic disease, such as heart disease, diabetes, and even the big C, cancer. All right, let's move on to the ingredient of the day. Berberine is an alkaloid extracted from a bunch of different herbs. It's supplemented for its anti-diabetic effects. It's actually a rival to the potency of some pharmaceuticals like metformin. Berberine is primarily used to reduce insulin resistance and improve biomarkers of type 2 diabetes, one of which we've discussed already, A1C. Um, this is, you know, it manages fasting glucose as well. But the A1C marker that I was speaking of earlier is really key. And berberine can activate an enzyme called AMPK or adenosine monophosphate activated protein kinase while also inhibiting protein tyrosine phosphatase. Now, in simple terms, this means that it will increase insulin sensitivity, exactly what we want to do to live longer and optimal health. Other possible mechanisms of action include protecting pancreatic cells, regulating liver gluconeogenesis, and reducing inflammatory cytokine signaling. The standard dose of berberine is about 900 to 2,000 milligrams a day divided into three or four doses over the day. That's important. And it should be taken with a meal or really shortly after uh, in order to take advantage of the blood glucose and lipid or fat spike associated with eating. It should also be noted that too much berberine at once can sometimes cause some stomach upset, mild cramping, and even loose stool. All right, what's on the docket this week for the supplement scorecard? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Alpha lipoic acid. So each week, 
I'll pick apart a particular supplement using a rating system based on five factors. Claim, scientific validation, cost, ease of use, and cautions. And I base each of these five ratings on a scale of 20, where the result yields a percentage score. In my opinion, alpha-lipoic acid scores very high on all these levels. I give it an 88% or a solid A. Alpha-lipoic acid, uh, or ALA, is a vitamin-like antioxidant. It's, it's referred to as the universal antioxidant, and that's because it's water-soluble as well as fat-soluble, allowing it to work in and outside of every cell in your body. It's actually one of the best studied supplements for sugar balancing, beautifully complementing berberine that we talked about a moment ago. Um, it's manufactured in the body uh, and it's found in some foods, particularly liver and yeast. But, but supplementing with it um, at therapeutic ranges may protect against diabetic complications such as nerve and kidney damage and type 1 diabetes. And taking ALA may improve this insulin sensitivity I keep bringing up and help protect against diabetic complications like nerve damage and type 2. Uh, but even if you're not diabetic, ALA is an amazing water and fat-soluble supplement to consume on the daily to help manage blood sugar. Um, it's got other benefits as well uh, as it pertains to its antioxidation and anti-inflammatory effects. So protection against heart disease, liver disease, uh, we mentioned diabetes, of course, uh, neurological decline, uh, all of which are associated with aging. And ALA is a potent antioxidant compound that works in mitochondria. This is the body's natural antioxidant defenses. It's also seen as anti-aging uh, because it can reverse some of the oxidative damage related to the effects of aging. Okay, so let's go ahead and put alpha-lipoic acid through the interactions checker to determine uh, its safety and taking it with other medications or supplements. And what we see... We're doing this live. So what we see here is um, actually biotin uh, or vitamin B7. There may be an interruption. If you're taking uh, high doses of biotin, it's uh, found in foods like eggs, milk, bananas, uh, but its deficiency can cause uh, thinning of the hair. Uh, if you're taking biotin, um, you may want to take it separately from uh, alpha-lipoic acid. Uh, let's see also if we add berberine to this interactions checker. Uh, no, we're clear on that. Alpha-lipoic acid and berberine can be taken uh, together quite easily. Okay, excellent. Um, it's time for the Healthy Living Minute. Overeating and obesity are known to cause serious health problems and accelerated aging and increases your risk of developing insulin resistance, diabetes, and even heart disease. However, studies have found that harmful compounds called advanced glycation end products, appropriately known as AGE or AGEs, they age you, uh, may also have powerful effects on your metabolic health. Again, regardless of your weight, Ages accumulate naturally as you age and are created when certain foods are cooked at high temperatures. Technically, advanced glycation end products are harmful compounds that are formed when protein or fat combine with sugar in the bloodstream. And that's the process called glycation. You know the importance of a good diet, but how you prepare your meals is just as important. So to avoid AGEs, it's best to bake boil, or even lightly steam using heat-resistant or high-smoke-point oils like 
avocado, uh, or even sustainable red palm fruit oil. We need to avoid trans fats and seed oils, vegetable oils. They're entirely unnatural. Uh, so stay away from corn, soy, cottonseed, especially, you know, uh, these seed oils when cooking, they are just no good. What you want to do is opt for omega-3, essential fatty acids, DHA, EPA, which are incredibly anti-inflammatory, but you obviously don't ever want to cook with those. Also, audit your fridge and your pantry. Make sure you always see every color in the rainbow in your fridge. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and purple. Fresh fruits and veggies. Toss the store-bought dressings. Choose olive oil and vinegar or lemon to make your salad dressings. Add spices for flavor. The salt puts years on your life. Scientists have discovered through epidemiological studies of the East versus the West, India, Asia, compared to North America, have far less solid tumor cancer and heart disease because of the amount of curry or turmeric and ginger in their diet. And of course, we all love the taste of a good barbecue, but besides AGEs, advanced glycation end products, grilling also creates PAHs or polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. Long-term health effects of consuming too much of those may include cataracts in the eyes, kidney disease, colon and liver damage. Grilling has even been attributed to colon cancer. So when you do grill, use lots of herbs and spices like rosemary, which work to counteract the PAHs. Alternatively, maybe bake, poach, or steam. It's all much healthier. Well, as you'd all agree, the highlight of this podcast is when I've got the honor and pleasure of introducing our guest of the week. And today... We have a very special guest whose research is heavily focused on health span. Dr. Charles Brenner is the world leading expert on NAD metabolism. You'll learn really soon why knowing about NAD could help put healthy years on your life. Dr. Brenner is known for discovering the nicotinamide riboside pathway that leads to this very special NAD molecule. Dr. Brenner is also the Alfred E. Mann Family Foundation Chair of Diabetes and Cancer Metabolism at City of Hope in Los Angeles, California, and Chief Scientific Advisor for Chromadex, which has developed an ingredient called True Niagen on the basis of his work on nicotinamide riboside. Dr. Brenner <clears throat> is a valued skeptic on overreaching claims about longevity genes and lifespan extension, but an advocate for physical and mental activity and what he calls following mom's advice. Eat your veggies, don't smoke or do drugs. Dr. Brenner, welcome to Wild on Health Seeking Healthspan. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be with you. <laughs> All right, so NAD, NR, we're going to be spewing a whole lot of these acronyms on today's show, but I thought we would start by discussing the concept of squaring the curve. Uh, the idea of living longer, but only... Uh, if that means living longer in good health. So let's start with this common sense, which ain't so common sometimes and the non-negotiable factors, I like to call them. If you want to live longer in optimal health, you got to eat, sleep, move, and lifestyle the right way. So so mom's advice, as you like to put it. Right. You know, it, it doesn't have to be all that complicated. We don't need highly re uh, prescriptive diets. Um, there are a bunch of things that we should avoid you know, avoiding smoking, avoiding, you know, drugs to which one is not prescribed, um, excessive partying, um, you know, uh, not respecting the cycle of the day, the 24 hour circadian cycle in which, you know, you get to stop eating at a certain point and, and sure. go to sleep and then hopefully wake up refreshed and uh, do it again. So, um, yeah, mom actually had a lot of the best advice. 
And there might be something to this concept of, of hormesis, you know, in, the, in, in, in scientific lingo, ultimately the Goldilocks formula, not too much, but certainly not too little. Um, any thoughts on that when it comes to life stress or stress happens, right? We do lack sleep sometimes, we, but, but, but we're rebounding, rebounding from that. Right. So exercise is a stress and it's a good one. Um, my grant deadlines are a stress and, you know, I don't submit my work without them. And um, so, yeah, there is. And the interesting thing about, um, you know, mild stress is that the body tends to have a um, homeostatic response, right? Of um, like, if we are too hot, the body has ways to try to cool us down. If we're too cold, we have shivering thermogenesis that kind of warms us up. And, um, but over time, there are kind of excessive stress conditions that can generate chronic inflammation. Actually, a lot of the stresses attack the NAD system, as it turns out. So sunlight that produces DNA damage, reactive oxygen species, sufficient noise to produce hearing loss, at least in animal systems, um, infection and inflammation. But we can't live without stress. I mean, that's really right. the bottom line. And to boomerang back to the topic, we're going to get into those acronyms, NADNR, and some wonderful research you've done. Um, but first, I thought I'd ask you what your thoughts are uh, around testing uh, age. I mean, there is the age, the literal days, weeks, years, uh, and decades that will clock on the planet. That's calendar age. And of course, there's biological age. Um, do you feel like there's an accurate way to determine your biological age testing that is versus your calendar age? I, I don't think that any of the direct to consumer stuff out there adds any value um, to, to, to a person. Um, I don't think it's really actionable. Um, you know, like I developed the technology, you know, 10, 15 years ago to, to measure NAD. And um, I don't see a use case for, you know, people out there to get their NAD measured, you know, it is what it is when you take something like uh, Nigen, it's higher. Um, that's just the case, you know, um, it's just like when you, when you eat food, you've got food in your system. When you take an NAD boosting supplement, your NAD is higher. And the, the age stuff, um, you know, getting a lower score on a so-called, you know, age test does not mean that you've reversed your age. I think it might be meaningful to, if they were to report things as a percentile against people your age. So you could be at the 30th, fifth percentile among 60 year olds, and then make some lifestyle modifications and then be at the, you know, 70th percentile for 61 year olds. So that that could be meaningful, but you actually know that from your, whatever you're doing, right? Sure. So if you're, if what you did was you took off up walking, you know that you used to get tired out at 7,000 steps and now you routinely do 11,000 steps. So it's the functional, you know, performance uh, based things that, that really are your age. If you want to say that you uh, function at a, better rate than you used to or than, than your peer group, then it's based upon your function. 
Perhaps the age-old adage, you're as old as you feel, or uh, vice versa, you're as young as you feel. I, I think that, you know, it's a truism, but um, I think it's, it is actually useful. And it doesn't cost anything to, to do that. I mean, it's, sure. it's just your own investment and your, your own health. No, that makes perfect sense. So, so let's discuss the centrality of your research and and how we might improve uh, this health span we're talking about. Better years, longer life, but optimal years, um, not just living longer, uh, by supporting this NAD pathway. But before we start, uh, let's be clear what on earth NAD is, perhaps in context of a brief, you know, biology 101 review sure. of the cellular mechanism, this pathway yeah. Yeah. lives. Yeah. It, you know, so basically electrons, you know, not only allow electronics and mechanical devices, high energy electrons allow life. And four NAD coenzymes are basically the carrier of electrons that allow us to convert everything that we eat, not only into ATP, which is biological energy, but everything that we are. So we make all of our own, you know, protein, we make our own um, nucleic acids and lipids and cells and membranes. Um, unless you have a, you know, bionic hip, um, you made everything in your body and you, and your body has to repair everything in your body. And all of that depends upon four NAD coenzymes and the NAD system gets, you know, sort of attacked under conditions of metabolic stress as also declines as a function of aging. And so that's sort of a use case of supporting the NAD system. Awesome. How about sirtuins? This term's become a bit of a medical buzzword of the day within, I guess, the biohacking uh, world, anti-aging world. And I know you're not a fan of that term. We'll discuss that. But but what what's a sirtuin and how does that help us understand this? Uh, I think it, it doesn't help at all. Um, so um, in one species of yeast, the sirtu gene um, provides an advantage in one type of aging. In the other type of aging, even in yeast, having the SIR2 gene um, prevents the cells from living longer in response to calorie restriction. So basically it was an idea that came out of the late 1990s that uh, these SIR2 genes were the central regulators of lifespan um, in yeast. They, that was overstated. And then it was an idea that they might be the central regulators in uh, model animals like worms and flies. It looked at, at for a time like they were. That stuff is not reproducible. And then none of it really panned out when, when it got to, to mice and, and humans. So I, I don't think that there's really any value, you know, in the sirtuin story. There are, you know, seven sirtuin enzymes, they use NAD, but they're not the key mediators of the NAD system. This is so important for folks to understand. Science has a process, and often that process starts in vitro, you know, in a test tube with a thought, and uh, that may evolve into small, you know, microorganisms, potentially animal models, and then hopefully eventually in humans. So we can pretty much put that to rest then. Uh, you're the thought leader in this area, uh, so I trust what you have to say on that level. Well, let's get into the thick of it, though. What factors do we know directly lead to, let's call it, NAD deficiency or disruptions in NAD? So it's rare as a, you know, genetic uh, disease. So in mitochondrial disease patients, they are actually walking around with not only low 
my, you know, muscle NAD, but even walking around with low blood NAD. But um, in, in most of us, the, the NAD system essentially comes under attack due to conditions of metabolic stress. But many of these conditions are inevitable, like sun exposure and the fact that, you know, our metabolism depends on oxygen. Um, but then, you know, viral infection attacks the NAD system, inflammation disturbs the NAD system, um, noise sufficient to produce hearing loss attacks the NAD system. And then, you know, we, we learned from doing uh, mouse work that uh, over nutrition, so fat mice have a um, depressed NADPH in their liver and, you know, type two diabetes and uh, diabetic and chemotherapeutic uh, nerve injury uh, attacks the NAD system. So the NAD system is, is really central to health and is often attacked in disease conditions. That makes sense. So, you know, where you put it, there's really no quantifying uh, anti-aging. Uh, there may be something that we can take learning about all these offending agents. By the way, before we get into that, uh, you reminded me as it pertains to the external or extraneous, uh, you know, interventions, chemotaxis and chemotherapy rather. How about, how about uh, uh, statin medications, things that actually suppress mitochondrial function in some capacities? Will that also interrupt uh, or certain other drugs interrupt this pathway? Uh, there's no data on, on, on statins, you know, um, but, uh, you know, from my point of view, statins are important for people that need to manage their cholesterol. Sure. Um, and um, I, I don't know of any interaction. Drugs. Yeah. Certain drugs obviously tax certain pathways of detoxification, which may add oxidative stress to the system. But as you put it, uh, you don't want to change your uh, doctor's or uh, prescriptive medication uh, insofar right. as what we're talking about today. However, again, just an external force that may actually impede upon the cellular mechanism, all theoretical. Um, so again, wh where there's no real quantifying this anti-aging, this concept that we can reverse it uh, for that matter, or slow it down too much, but um, there might be something we can take. I mean, this yeah. is the premise of, uh, of some of your life's work to yeah. mitigate yeah. oxidative so stress. The, 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 uh, the idea is that we want to support repair, right? And that, you know, repair capacity declines clearly as a function of aging, our resiliency, our ability to, to bounce back. And so, you know, the, uh, the idea of NR and, you know, supporting the NAD system is to um, support repair processes. So, and, you know, there, these are, one of the nice things is that, um, you know, NR is available over the counter. Uh, there's a decades of experience with um, niacin for cholesterol, you know, management uh, for some people, although it causes flushing, which is, you know, a, a side effect. Um, nicotinamide is, you know, widely um, used to kind of enrich flour and sort of pre prevent pellagra, which was a severe NAD deficiency. And we know from large Australian studies that um, nicotinamide um, supplementation lowers cancer risk, probably by, you know, supporting uh, DNA repair in exposed tissue. So, you know, these compounds are safe. And um, there's, there's a lot of uh, now placebo controlled trials to test the activity of NR and NR has been shown to 
have anti-inflammatory activity in healthy men um, in combination with three other over-the-counter supplements. It uh, accelerated time to recovery in COVID patients. And then there's some new trials showing improved cerebral blood flow in a small study of Parkinson's. This is a small study where it improved uh, women's uh, body composition. And uh, we think it has potential in fatty liver and, and other spaces as well. It's a wide spectrum. So take us back in time, because I'm so curious, what was ground zero for you? I mean, appreciating what you just mentioned in the 30s, uh, they'd already discovered, you know, two other precursors. You talked yes. about uh, nicotinamide and nicotinic acid. What was the big right. aha moment when you thought, oh, I might be able to capture a sort of a faster pathway uh, to the end yeah, product? Yeah. And I didn't exactly set out to discover a vitamin. I was sort of minding my own business as a biochemist working on an enzyme. But then I realized there was a lot of received wisdom in that pathway and, you know, kind of gene assignments that hadn't been tested genetically and, you know, rigorously. And so we used the yeast system to figure out whether the wiring diagram of how NAD is made was true, complete and correct. And in the course of doing those experiments, we found the NR pathway. And then we were able to identify that the genes that we found in yeast are also found in humans. And, you know, thus was the, the NR kinase pathway uh, discovered in humans. Ever since I learned about it and learned of your research and been following your work, I've been taking it myself. I feel like I may be uh, tacking a few years on my life, both uh, physically, the way I feel when I take it. I'm a runner. I put... Uh, I've taken off uh, some minutes on my 10K run because I know the days I don't take niagen. I am slower. I've timed it. That's mm. my objective. Uh, my my objective findings. I want to pick your brain. Like this this industry. I'm talking about you know the supplement natural you know ingredient industry at large, is riddled with knockoffs and um, similar but no evidence to um, pixie dusting. Not using therapeutic ranges of these ingredients. Um, you know, so there's a lot of talk about NAD. There has been some for some time yeah. even prior to your research. Um, so there's NAD itself, which I'm sure you'll explain is absolute nonsense to supplement with NAD, uh, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. There's NMN, uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide. There's D-ribose. And of course, there's what you're talking about, which is nicotinamide riboside found over the counters, niagen or true niagen. Yep. What's the difference between all these and how can we help folks yeah. take the right stuff? Yeah. So, so you're trying to get your cells to make NAD. And so people that are doing intravenous injection of NAD or swallowing NAD or NADH uh, itself, or taking NMN are taking compounds that have what's called a phosphate group on it, on it. And we've known since something like 1980, that if you're trying to build um, nucleotides inside of cells, you have to deliver what are called nucleosides, which are everything without the phosphate. The biggest piece of NAD that can get into a cell is NR. And uh, so, you know, that's why NR, NR basically costs the cell the least to replenish the NAD system. And, you know, taking NAD or NMN is no shortcut because everything bigger than NR basically has to come off before it goes into cells. And um, the, in terms of the knockoff thing, you know, we, we feel like it's safety first. And, you know, um, 
the the nice thing about the commercial development of, of Nigen is that somebody had to come up with a synthesis, right? And a crystallization method, and then put that and do kind of the animal tox studies and then the human clinical uh, you know, experiments that are placebo controlled to look at safety data. Right. And so we have a huge dossier, you know, for Niagen that shows that we know what's in the bottle and we know that it's safe and we know that raises NAD and we know that it doesn't produce adverse effects. And the same cannot really be said about um, what I consider basically pirate forms of NR um, that don't say Niagen is right. that, you know, I don't know how they're synthesized. Um, there are not uh, sufficient safety data and uh, you don't really know what's in the bottle. So bottom line, folks, what you're looking for on the bottle is Niagen, which is a registered trademark and often sold over the counter as uh, true Niagen. Um, you mentioned that really safety data is uh, pretty impeccable. Um, I take 900 milligrams a day. Um, that's what I personally take. Three times 300. Is that the right dose? Is there a dose that you prefer? Is there a dose that you recommend? Yeah. So, so I'm, you know, I'm not your doctor, right? You're your own doctor in, in this case. Um, and, you know, I don't make that recommendation for, for other people. The consumer dose is 300 milligrams. The, in, in the U.S., there's um, md.truenigen.com where, you know, docs can go and um, they can get, you know, 500 milligram bottles uh, that have 500 milligram capsules. And it is true that um, therapeutic trials are typically done at one to two you know, grams per day. So you're taking, you know, 900 milligrams is, is, is more like a, a dose where you, you would be testing it for, you know, strong activity in a, you know, in a more like a patient population. And so what I can say is that the safety data are really, really good up to two grams a day. Yeah. And so what you're doing is not an unreasonable thing at all. Try it at lower dose. As I mentioned, don't see those uh, seconds and minutes shave off my runtime. When I'm up there closer to the gram, I do. Uh, but to your point, always check with your doctor, pharmacist, or healthcare provider before embarking on any new supplement regime. Certainly don't uh, adjust your medication if you're on anything prescription. There aren't known uh, interactions, though, with this ingredient. There aren't anything that we'd be concerned about taking along with prescription drugs, correct? Uh, nothing that has emerged. Yeah. And also this idea of dose, you know, appreciating that, you know, you look in nature, milk, uh, or even avocados in some trace amounts uh, contain small amounts of this NR. Um, but as I've come to learn, you'd probably have to consume about a thousand glasses of milk to attain a therapeutic dose of NR. Yeah. I mean, uh, essentially, when you eat um, whole food with a small W and a small F, because that's kind of a, a grocery store chain in, in the US, um, you're, you're, there's NAD in food, right? So there's the four NAD coenzymes in food. They break down into NR, nicotinamide, and nicotinic acid based upon, you know, how many other microorganisms are, are at work. And that's what you do to replenish your, your NAD system. So when you're, you know, dosing with, you know, hundreds of milligrams or a gram of, of NR a day, you're, you're basically getting as much as, you know, NAD precursors or NAD formation activity as you would from, you know, a day's food without all the, the calories. But, um, 
And so when you say that milk is a source of NR, that's true, but all cellular stuff that you eat, whether it's plant or animal, is going to break down into NAD precursors. Right. So in, there's a cycle of life, right? Where there's NAD inside of, you know, things that we grow and things that we eat, they break down to NAD precursors and then our body makes the NAD. Sure. Gotcha. So look, we're almost out of time, but uh, before we get going here, uh, some of the latest published research on the topic of healthy aging, anything that you're most intrigued by? Well, you know, like I say, we're really interested in repair, um, you know, and people should be looking for, you know, um, clinical trials in, in the, you know, in the, in the repair space, basically. Um, there are some exciting things that are coming out in patient populations like mild cognitive impairment. There's multiple trials that relate to COVID or long COVID recovery. Um, I would like to see a trial on COVID prevention, you know, kind of like roommate uh, trials or coworker, you know, trials. Um, that's a little bit harder to do, but um, that, you know, the, the message here really is that, you know, this is, um, we don't get out ahead of our skis. We don't say that people are going, we don't call, you know, NR a longevity drug. We don't say that people are gonna live to 130, you know, on it, but but there is a use case, I think, for, for NR in terms of supporting repair and, and, and healthy aging. No miracle medicine. I love it. We're not even medicine. No miracle uh, ingredient support to you know, tack those healthier years on your life, no matter how old you ultimately live to. Um, you know, we're going to sign off now, but I always want to ask this question to any and all of my guest experts. What do you do, Dr. Brenner, on the daily uh, to uh, hopefully tack years on your personal life, healthy years? Yeah, well, um, I, I like high... Uh, intensity interval training. Um, and then, you know, there's dog walking involved and there's, you know, talking to people every day and being, you know, um, mentally active. And uh, I try to be, you know, positive that that works for me. Um, I do eat breakfast. I'm a three meal a day guy. I don't do IF or anything that exotic. And um, I just try to live my life, be happy and be healthy. Kudos. Love the social connectivity component to that. A lot of trials have shown um, that that matters. You know, ikigai or what the Japanese refer to as sense of purpose, uh, having family and friends close by. Well, folks, to learn more about the science behind advanced cellular aging and this rare super nutrient found in trace amounts in nature, which can be scientifically proven to increase NAD, the most crucial coenzyme research by top scientific inst institutions in the world. You've come to learn as nicotinamide ribocider, what Dr. Brenner is referring to as NR. Check out trueniagen.com. There's no E in there. It's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com. And you can also follow Dr. Brenner on Twitter at Charles M. Like Mary Brenner. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Brenner, and may you live in optimal health until well past your 100th birthday. And thank you so much for all the work that you do to help us do the same, sir. Thanks. Thanks so much. All the best. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. One of the best ways to put years on your life is to assess your DNA and learn the nutritional lifestyle and supplemental interventions that are ideal for you. You can't change your genes, or at least not the ones you got from mom and dad, but you can manage genetic expression in your favor. So, if you haven't done so already, check out thednacompany.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wild on Health, Seeking Health Spam. For tons more free health information, check out wildonhealth.com.